And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. The phone number is always 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk, 99.7 WTN. That is going to be 6 to 10 Eastern Time. The uh, website is 997WTN.com if you'd find out more information about that program. So anybody who believes that journalism is uh, now dead, I will, one, absolutely agree with you. And one of the things that I would say before I even play you this audio, this is audio from the great 60 Minutes and Scott Pelley. And when I saw that the uh, president had given an interview to 60 Minutes, you know, I'm doing my show prep today. And I thought, oh, great. We've got an, uh, an interview with Joe Biden on 60 Minutes. What a what a great opportunity to play some audio and tell a story. See, here's the problem, though. The problem is that Scott Pelley, these questions that he asked a very tired and droning on Joe Biden. You know, when he gets really tired, his eyes are really squinty. You know, he's he's sort of mumbling and he's barely able to uh, get through his uh, thoughts and he's stumbling and bumbling all over the place. He, he's really semi-coherent. And when I saw that the uh, interview had taken place, I got a little excited because I thought that maybe just maybe there would actually be something uh, newsworthy within this interview. But the questions that Pelley asked, it is so clear that there was some sort of an arrangement made where Pelly would not really ask much of anything that was substantive. As a matter of fact, it was a 15-minute interview, and they made a very big deal out of saying that, you know, Biden is so busy, and he was able to just, you know, wedge in about 15 or 20 minutes for 60 minutes uh, in between meetings and, you know, phone calls and all the other things that the president had going on. And so I thought and you would think that Pelly would ask more substantive questions, but but he really didn't. And as a matter of fact, one of the first questions that Pelly asked was all about 
and they spent a considerable amount of time asking about this Zoom phone call, this Zoom call that the president made with families of the uh, hostages being held, of course, in Gaza. Listen to this. Why do you feel so strongly about speaking to these families personally on Zoom? Because I think they have to know that the president of the United States of America cares deeply about what's happening. Right. Deeply. Sure, uh, Joe, and I do understand that, but what a silly question. Because I, I want you to think, as I'm playing you this audio, I want you to think about the fact that the president, again, so busy, wedged in about 20 minutes for 60 minutes, and they're asking, and Pelley is asking sort of layup question after layup question, softball after softball. It's like, well, of course the president of the United States is concerned about these hostages. Of course he is. Of course he's doing everything he can to get these hostages back. So why bother to waste time on those specific questions? It's because this interview was designed to make the president look sympathetic and empathetic. And like he is totally and absolutely in charge of what is going on. And he was even asked a follow-up question. And again, look, far be it from me to tell Scott Pelley and the mighty 60 Minutes how to do their jobs. But if you only had a few minutes, why are you asking such, such obvious and pandering questions? You care about the hostages, don't you, Mr. President? I mean, really? That's your question? It seems silly to me. Of course, again, he does care. And how is this news that he cares or that he held a Zoom call with families? It's not news. It's narrative selling. That's what this is. And so, again, as excited as I was to have, you know, audio of this 60 minutes interview with the president on such an important news evening, I I suddenly realized very quickly early on that this really wasn't a news driven interview. It was indeed a puff piece of propaganda where the president was asked easy questions that he's answered many times before in the last week or so. Uh, One question was absolutely ridiculous, and it was about the possibility of terror attacks at home. Listen to this. Because of what we're seeing in the Middle East is the threat of terrorism in the United States increased. What What a dumb question. What an absolutely dumb question. Of course it is. And everybody knows that. Now, the president, you know, may not want to readily admit that it is his own policies that has led us to uh, the possibility of more terrorist attacks. But let's face it, his open border has more than put us at risk. Because I can almost guarantee you that if we are hit yet again, With a terrorist attack, it will be because the borders were absolutely wide open under this president and continue to be. Yes, I had a meeting this morning with the Homeland Security people, with the FBI, for the Situation Room for a better part of an hour to discuss how we make sure that we prevent a lone wolf and or any coordinated effort to try to do what was done in synagogues before, do what was done to Jews in the street. 
And so we're, 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 we're making a major effort to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, if you were making a major effort to ensure that that didn't happen, what you would have done is protected the borders all along. And by the way, the border is still wide open. The better question, memo to Scott Pelley, the better question would have been, Mr. President, there have been many people who have been caught coming across our border from countries rife with terrorism and hatred for America. Has your wide open border policy, Mr. President, made America less safe, especially given the current state of affairs? That's the question you should have asked Joe Biden, Scott Pelley. But no. Again, remember, the questions were all really easy to answer. And really, these questions from 60 Minutes were softballs. So that, again, the president could look compassionate and tough, which, by the way, clearly failed. Pelley, uh, Scott Pelley spoke about the casualties on both sides of this uh, situation. And then he said this. Is it time for a ceasefire? Is it time for a ceasefire? Scott Pelley asking Joe Biden, is it time for a ceasefire? Uh, you know, first of all, it's not uh, up to uh, Joe Biden whether or not there is a ceasefire. But one of the things that I would say is I love how these people on the left start calling for ceasefires when you've got a situation in Israel where they are, number one, yeah, they're still being attacked from Hezbollah. That's number one. And number two, why don't we have more people uh, saying things like, you know, with Hamas? Isn't it time that the Israelis once and for all take care of Hamas? Because they'll continue to do what they did last weekend. And so people calling for a ceasefire clearly, at least to me, don't understand exactly what happened last weekend and what will happen moving forward if Israel allows this to continue. But here's what the president said. Is it time for a ceasefire? Look, there's a fundamental difference. Israel is going after a group of people who engage in barbarism that is as consequential as the Holocaust. And uh, so I think Israel has to respond. They have to go after Hamas. Now, I do like the president's answer there. I do. But for for Pelley and again, uh, folks on the left to start calling for a ceasefire. I mean, you you had members of the squad. That were calling for a ceasefire, I mean, boom, almost immediately. And Israel, you know, they they were just planning their retaliation. And so one of the things that I've noticed is there's some members of the media and and certainly some members of Congress who are just unabashedly and unapologetically pro-Palestine and pro-Hamas and anti-Israel. And they're calling for a ceasefire. They're calling for an end to, uh, to the bloodshed. And they were before Israel did a darn thing. And so it's real easy for these folks who are anti-Israel, it's real easy for them to call for a ceasefire when it's only been Israeli blood that has been uh, that has been um, shed. He also asked, Scott Pelley also asked, how can we support both Israel and Ukraine? Which, by the way, that is a legit discussion. 
I mean, there's an answer for it, and I've got plenty to say on this. But, you know, it's something that Pelley asked because, let's face it, we have given a lot of money to Ukraine. Are the wars in Israel and Ukraine more than the United States can take on at the Not same the, time? We're the United States of America, for God's sake. Come on, man. The most powerful nation in the history, not in the world, in the history of the world. The history of the world. We can take care of both of these and still maintain our overall international defense. Mm, okay. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, it was just a few, uh, just a, a few weeks ago where the news cycle was talking about how the Pentagon is incredibly worried uh, about us being able to keep up with uh, the demand for munitions and guns and ammo and all that kind of stuff. Because we have given so much to Ukraine. But a better way to ask the question perhaps would have been how the American people are tiring of funding Ukraine. And should we continue with that funding? Because and I've got some polling to uh, share with you folks this evening. One of the things that's out there today, part of the news cycle today, is there's a number of different polls out there that show that by and large, the American people do support Israel in this situation. Here's another one. Uh, Scott Pelley asking uh, President Joe Biden. Do you believe that Hamas must be eliminated entirely? Yes, I do. I mean, I don't know. Listen. I'm just a humble talk show host. But you just had, as far as um, Hamas goes, you just had Hamas go in and rape women, mutilate children, break into people's homes, families, and just kill them on the spot, unarmed. Paragliding into a concert and killing hundreds of people. So, yeah, don't you think that maybe perhaps, Scott Pelley, it, it is time to eliminate Hamas entirely? Do you believe that Hamas must be eliminated entirely? I don't know. Maybe, again, maybe it's it's just me, but that seems like a silly question to uh, ask the president of the United States because isn't it obvious that, yeah, this is something that we really do need to do is eliminate Hamas entirely? Uh, yes, I do. Thank you, Joe. But... There needs to be a Palestinian authority. There needs to be a, a path to a Palestinian state. That path, called the two-state solution, has been U.S. policy for decades. It would create an independent nation next to Israel for five million Palestinians who live in Gaza and on the west bank of the Jordan River. And you believe Israel would pursue that after what's occurred? Not now. Not now, but, but I think Israel understands that a significant portion of Palestinian people do not share the views of Hamas and Hezbollah. Hezbollah is a powerful Islamist militia to Israel's north, which is armed and trained by Iran. Iran also supports Hamas. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't, 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 don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. Well, here's one of the other things that I would say about that is because going through these questions that Scott Pelley asked uh, the president in this supposedly news driven interview. Wouldn't it have been a a better question to ask uh, the president would have been about his funding 
of Iran that, of course, has uh, then turned around. Iran then turns around and funds Hezbollah and Hamas. But no question about that funding whatsoever from Scott Pelley to Joe Biden. I mean, it is stunning that they had 20 minutes with the president and not one, not one hard hitting news driven question regarding the president and his culpability in the funding of Iran, who then funds terrorism. And they, of course, then those terrorist organizations go after Israel. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. We'll return next. Dan Mattis here on Red Eye Radio. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. As the seasons change, so does truck maintenance. Cold weather can affect everything from your batteries and air brake system to tire inflation and fuel lines. Here's a maintenance tip to help make sure your rig is ready when winter comes knocking. When temperatures fall, the paraffin wax in diesel fuel can thicken so much it clogs fuel filters or solidifies to the point where it will no longer flow. Invest in a new fuel filter now and consider adding a winter fuel additive to your maintenance routine to help prevent fuel gelling. To learn more about winterizing your truck, find a professional technician today and ask about their fuel additives and fuel filters. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eyes the phone number 866-907-3339. By the way, I know that um, I, I keep seeing different uh, numbers here. One of the um, one of the numbers, uh, some of the numbers that I have here in total. This is from the Daily Mail from a few hours ago, talking about the uh, Israeli uh, Gaza con- the Israeli Hamas conflict as Israel is getting ready to go into Gaza. In total, we have, uh, they say, 1,400 Israelis dead in this conflict. Uh, there are also signs of abuse, torture, rape, and mutilation. Uh, now, I love the um, reporting out there saying, well, you know, Hamas says none of that took place. Abuse didn't take place. The torture didn't take place. The, the rape didn't take place. The mutilation uh, didn't take place. And, and civilians no, 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 no. Civilians weren't targeted, even though there is there is so much evidence to the contrary. So I just I don't know. Is there anybody out there that that actually believes that uh, Hamas is telling the truth when it comes to what actually took place a week ago? That's number one. Number two, I, I know that uh, Joe Biden and John Kirby, they are still out there saying, well, we don't have any direct evidence that Iran funded these specific attacks or this specific attack last weekend. And it's just every time I hear that, I facepalm. We'll get into that uh, after the uh, bottom of the hour break. Uh, We also show 2,670 Palestinians have so far been killed in retaliatory strikes on Gaza by Israel. And there was a big headline earlier, a couple of hours ago in the Daily Mail. Uh, The headline was Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was saying that the hour is near. He's got like 400,000 troops ready to go. And as you may or may not know, I know that some people like to disconnect on the weekend. 
Uh, sadly, I'm not, unable to do that. But what uh, was supposed to happen uh, this weekend was Israel's uh, ground incursion was supposed to begin. But they say that um, rain and bad weather uh, forced them to postpone it. Now they're saying that it's going to be postponed for a few days. But then you see headlines that are saying that Benjamin Netanyahu is saying that the hour is near when these 400,000 troops will be going into uh, Gaza to root out Hamas. Now, I I don't know. I don't know, and neither do you. I'm not sure Netanyahu really knows uh, when they're going to be going in. But when they do go in, make no mistake that they will be trying to uh, root out Hamas. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. By the way, the gents, they return uh, a week from tonight, as a matter of fact, and uh, looking forward to their return. The phone number indeed, 866-90-RED-EYE. That is where we find Edward calling from Tampa. And Edward, appreciate you calling Red Eye Radio. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, thank you for. Uh, it's always good to hear you back on the radio, filling in for the guys. Thank um, you. I wanted to make a couple of comments here. Um, I believe in old-fashioned human intelligence, uh, informants, undercover. The Texas Rangers went in, took out some uh, island over there, 250 miles from San Antonio, because it was like a haven for cartel. That should have been what the Israelis should have been done been doing. It's a possibility this would have been prevented last week to some point. And also, 
down the road, don't be surprised uh, if there's some kind of like airstrike inside uh, Iran. In my opinion, they should have been taken out after 9-11 because they're the number one state sponsor who is friends with Maduro, uh, people in Central America, Lula in Brazil. So this is something that needs down the road is going to have to be handled. Well, yeah, and and I appreciate uh, the call, Edward, and and you're absolutely right. I mean, this isn't, yes, this is about Hamas, this is about Hezbollah, but this is obviously also, as I said during the opening monologue, this is about Iran. And and part of what's going on, and by the way, phone lines are open at 866-90-RED-EYE, part of what's going on is, of course, that you do have millions of people in the Gaza Strip. And you have a lot of folks out there hand wringing. And I do understand this. You do have and will have a humanitarian crisis because you are going to have, you know, millions of people that are trying to escape the uh, the region where Israel says that they are going to uh, begin the onslaught. Hamas, for a lot of these folks, they're saying that Hamas will not allow them out of their homes. We know that this is a terrorist organization that likes to use human shields and they don't care about uh, the people of the Gaza Strip. I mean, that is obvious. I mean, if they did, they never would have done what they did in the first place. Now, there's so much to this story regarding uh, Israel and uh, the Gaza Strip and Hamas and the Palestinians. But Israel has been in this land for Thousands of years, the Israelis, the Jewish uh, folks have been in this area for thousands of years. And and so for the uh, Palestinians and and some of these other folks to say, well, they're on stolen land. They're they're really not. They're not on stolen land. I understand, though, that there are uh, two opinions, right? There's the people that are that are pro-Israel. And then there are people that are the pro-Palestinians uh, in this argument. And so everybody has their right to their opinion. But here's the thing. This was a terrorist attack that happened last uh, weekend. And so to me, you have wars between states. You have wars between nations. But then you have this terrorist attack where Hamas came in And they just brutally murdered hundreds or thousands of people. And so to me, that's not about land. That is about a a terrorist attack. And so it's almost like this is a a, a beginning of sort of a, a new beginning, if you will, in the war between Hamas and Israel. Because this was Hamas killing innocent people. This wasn't. You know, this isn't state versus state or, you know, military versus military. This was a terrorist organization going after innocent people in a nation, by the way, Israel, where they don't have, you know, widespread gun ownership. And somebody please tell me how butchering babies is um, part of a land dispute. It's not. And so it is. And I don't know about you. Were you folks as as stunned as I was? And I've spoken about this on my uh, local show in Nashville, Tennessee, 
Uh, were you folks as surprised as I was that there have been so many uh, pro-Hamas or pro-Palestinian uh, rallies out there? I mean, especially what's going on with uh, college campuses, on college campuses all across America. And and again, I, I wish that I could say that I was surprised, but we all know what has been happening on college campuses as far as uh, the progressives go. They've been doing everything that they possibly can to control and limit the speech of conservatives and conservatives, by and large, they are pro-Israel. And so that leaves the leftist bent, who are pro-Palestine. And so there was a story, and, and there's so many different stories that are out there right now about what is going on, on on college campuses across America. So there's a couple of different stories. Let me let me go through this real quick, because we've all seen these and. You know, and a lot of you folks have kids in college and and I've spoken about this many times locally and also nationally filling in on various shows, including Red Eye Radio, where a, a lot of you. Have kids that are going to college and a lot of you have no doubt wondered, God, am I really going to sign this check? Am I really going to pay for another semester of indoctrination? Because that is what's going on in America today is indoctrination. And and this this story, this terrorist attack really has brought that indoctrination on the uh, college campuses across America. It, it really has brought it into a full view. And it is an ugly sight to see. Now, this is a chant that was heard in Wisconsin. I think this was. Uh, University of Madison, Wisconsin. Listen. Glory to the martyrs! Glory to the martyrs! Now, if you can't tell what they're saying, they're saying glory to the murderers. Do you know what you're saying? We say, we will liberate the land! There you go. We will liberate the land by any means necessary. We will liberate the land! And by any means necessary, obviously, they're talking about mutilating children. They're talking about killing innocent civilians. And so this is a story from the New York Post, and and they're talking about uh, this particular rally, University of Wisconsin. They will not condemn these pro-Hamas protesters chanting glory to the murderers. How is that even possible? But here's the deal, friends. We live in America and here in America, we do have the First Amendment. We do have the right to free speech. And as disgusting as I find that and as disgusting as I know a lot of you do as well. They do have their right to free speech, but the fact that they won't even condemn it, the university won't even condemn it. What does that tell you about the culture? They say former athletes, and again, this is from the New York Post, former athletes for the University of Wisconsin-Madison slammed the school for refusing to condemn on-campus protesters who were caught on video 
glorifying the terrorist attack against Israel. The Tuesday protests saw a crowd of students with Palestinian flags in front of the school's library with one young woman shouting into the microphone, glory to the murderers and we will liberate the land by any means necessary. I just played you the audio. That video, by the way, of the incident has garnered more than 2.6 million videos on X. Those who once played for the school lambasting the institution, which sits about an hour west of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, because, you know, you've got people who used to go to these schools and, and they're seeing what's happening. And yes, they are absolutely disgusted by what they're seeing. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. And part of the story last week, I I don't know if Eric and Gary covered this. They probably did. Where you have some of these uh, CEOs who want the names and want more information on these students uh, who have been decidedly pro-Hamas or pro-Palestinian. And uh, they want the names so that they know that they won't hire these kids out of Harvard. But they got to start searching more than just Harvard. I mean, they got to go to the University of, uh, you know, Madison, Wisconsin. They've got to go to a number of these uh, schools that are allowing, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, pro-terrorist rhetoric. There's another story out there. This is from uh, the Daily Mail. This is a woman named uh, Cassie Dillon, and she was covering uh, one of these um, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protests at uh, UMass, University of Massachusetts. Now, she is a reporter for, I think it's Fox News Digital, and she's trying to walk back to her car. And she was followed by some of these students who were uh, rallying for Palestine, and they wanted her information. Listen to this. Not have my number. Okay, this is a so public how can I contact you for my, How can I contact you for... Um for legal reasons. There's no legal reasons to do it. I gave you my name. You can go look at me well, on my website. What's your name? What's your name? I give it to your phone over there. Say it again. My name is Cassie Dillon. Cassie Sorry. Dillon? Cassie Dillon. Okay. You can look me up. You can okay. contact me that way. I'll have my lawyers contact you that way. All right. Okay. See you later. Have a terrible night. Yeah, the, uh, the, the final parting shot. Have a terrible night. Uh, this is how the uh, Daily Mail puts it. Pro-Palestinian college activists harassing a journalist covering their protest and allegedly demanding to know her ethnicity as tensions on U.S. campuses continues to escalate in the wake of the Middle East conflict. Again, Cassie Dillon, a video journalist with Fox News, said she was targeted after leaving the anti-Israel protest at the University of Massachusetts Amherst campus. She says that she was leaving. And two of these guys, those were women that you heard in that a video, but two guys kept asking her what her ethnicity was. She tweeted on Thursday, when I got into my car, I was approached by a group of the protesters demanding to know my address and my phone number. And we've seen uh, we're seeing all of this transpire on college campuses all across the country. And Senator Josh Hawley, you know, he's been watching all of this and he's openly asking for an investigation into some of these colleges 
and the funding and wanting to know if the American people, uh, otherwise known as us, you and I, are we funding these anti-Israeli, anti-Semitic organizations in these colleges? I've got his audio coming up next. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-90-7339. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. All right, very quickly, uh, Josh Hawley was on Fox News uh, over the weekend, and uh, the topic of conversation was all of these all of these uh, anti-Israel, uh, pro-Palestinian uh, rallies that have been going on on college campuses across the country. He and I and a lot of Americans absolutely disgusted by all of that you know and and that same institution as i recall was quick to fly the flag of ukraine over harvard yard but now when israel is under attack their terrorists are murdering children cutting off the heads of babies they want to wipe israel off the face of the map let's be honest they want to they would kill every jew in the world if they could that's what these terrorists want and to be silent in the face of that or to celebrate it as these crazy student groups are doing what i want to know sean is who's funding these student groups. I hope that the DOJ is investigating where the money is coming from. Are there terror groups who are part of, of these networks who are infiltrated? I mean, this is crazy stuff that we're seeing on these campuses. And for these administrators to have their hand out to take federal money, taxpayer money, and at the same time be silent or silently condone this kind of terrorism is just, it is grotesque. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. And by the way, there's some polling out there that shows that uh, the American people more agree with Sean Hunt, with um, Josh Hawley on Sean Hannity's show than uh, they agree with these pro-Palestinian uh, folks over there on the uh, college campuses. So when you go through the numbers, I mean, more polling out there from CNN, nearly all Americans surveyed in a new CNN poll feel some level of sympathy For the Israeli people after the October 7th surprise attack by Hamas. And a majority say Israel's military response is absolutely justified. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis. This is 
is Red Eye Radio. And the phone number is always 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Gary and Eric return in a week and appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. You can find out more about me. Follow me on the socials at Dan Manda Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You can find out more information at 99.7 WTN.com. So, of course, the uh, big news story of the day, and it has been for the entire week and will be for the foreseeable future, and that is the terrorist attack on Israel. So the, the numbers seem to be changing. They seem to be fluctuating, as does the story as to when this big uh, ground assault will happen uh, with Benjamin Netanyahu. On the one hand, we're hearing you know stories that this uh, has been delayed for several days because of weather. But then you see a story in the Daily Mail where they say that the um, hour they say is near. So I, I don't know. But what I do know is Israel has 400,000 troops ready to go. And they were supposed to start the ground invasion this weekend. They say that uh, weather ultimately prohibited them from going in. Some people are saying the reason why this is now going to be delayed a few days is because they may have more intel on those hostages. And perhaps they're also trying to give folks time to uh, get out of the area, the area. You know, one of the things that I find interesting is you have Israel doing everything it seems that they possibly can to avoid civilian casualties. I mean, they're telling folks exactly where to go to, you know, escape the bombing and escape the carnage. They're dropping leaflets in uh, Arabic, telling people exactly what they need to do. And they're on record as saying, we will do everything we can to avoid civilian casualties. Yet you still have folks out there that are really attacking Israel for what Israel is getting ready to do. And it's obvious that Hamas is using these folks as uh, human shields. I mean, Hamas is in in Gaza and they're literally telling people. And there was a story out there today, uh, Sunday, where you have some people who are in Gaza and they may or may not be supportive of Hamas. I don't know. But they're calling, you know, news organizations and saying that Hamas simply will not allow them to leave their homes. Effectively, again, using them as human shields. And so for, you know, Israel, I, I think that they're in a really tough spot because they don't want civilian casualties. They, they don't. I mean, they they may not give two rips about the the people of Gaza. I mean, that just just, you know, it could be true. I really don't know. But what I will tell you is that they don't want mass casualties on from the civilian side because that would look very bad for Israel. And I also believe that they don't want mass civilian casualties. I mean, it's been a relatively quiet couple of years leading up to the attack that we saw last weekend. And I'm sure that you know the story about how uh, Israel and and Hamas and and the Palestinians, you know, they they were basically everyone was sort of keeping their powder dry. Hamas was telling Israel, the Palestinians were telling Israel that all they wanted to do was work and have access 
to uh, the ability to cross the border so that they could work in Israel. But uh, during that two year period, Hamas was very strategically getting ready for the attack that we saw last weekend. So, yeah, they lied to Israel. And so when you see in in the news today, part of the news cycle is Hamas. They got I don't know why people would even bother to interview Hamas. But you've got one of the leaders of Hamas saying, no, 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 we didn't mutilate any babies and no civilians were killed. I don't know if you've watched some of the videos that are online. That are on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if you've seen some of these videos of the absolute carnage. But they are horrifying. And I do understand that you've you've got a couple of million people in Gaza and they don't have anywhere to go. But that's on that's on Hamas. That's not on Israel. That's on Hamas. Israel has got to be able to do what it needs to do to protect its citizens. And you you had Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, of course, you know that he's running for president. Uh, he was on with uh, Margaret Brenneman over the weekend, uh, Brennan over the weekend. And um, it, it was really clear. This was on Meet the Press on Sunday. And at least to me, it was really clear whose side she was on. And it certainly was not the side of Israel. Uh, this is how the interview started. Again, this is Ron DeSantis with Margaret Brennan on Meet the Press. And uh, she started out the interview talking about what is going on. Uh, in Gaza and uh, also in Israel. Listen. There are 2.3 million people living in Gaza. Collective punishment is something you support? It's not- Did you hear how she, she phrased that? Collective punishment is something you support, saying that to uh, Ron DeSantis. And most people who, in fact, the polling is out there and it shows that people do understand that Israel has to go into Gaza to take care of Hamas. And so when she says collective uh, punishment is something you support, and DeSantis is like, uh, no, not necessarily, but again, that's on Hamas. But you listen to uh, Brennan as she was going through all of this, and it is clear that she is on the side, at the very least, I'm not going to say that she's pro-Hamas, I'm not going to say that she's, you know, pro-Palestine or anything like that, but I mean, she is clearly taken aside. Listen, there are 2.3 million people living in Gaza. Collective punishment is something you support. It's not collective punishment. Hamas is the one that is creating this predicament. Hamas is the one who always uses civilian targets to conduct operations. And we dealt with this some in Iraq where Al-Qaeda in Iraq would commandeer mosques. So under normal circumstances, of course, you don't target a religious institution. But if you have terrorist groups that are converting that in to a base of operations, then you absolutely treat that as military targets. But that's because Hamas is making those decisions to convert that infrastructure into the use uh, for terrorist purposes. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious. By the way, as far as the numbers go, and then I'm going to get more to this interview between DeSantis and Margaret Brennan, uh, meet the press, but in total... We have, and this is just the latest numbers, we have 1,400 Israelis dead in uh, the terrorist attack, 
And uh, there are signs, again, of abuse and torture and rape and mutilation, even of children, of course. I know that you know that. You listen to talk radio. Uh, You know what um, even the Israeli coroner and uh, the Israeli media have been reporting. 2,670 Palestinians, they say so far, have been killed in retaliatory strikes on Gaza by Israel. And uh, those numbers will certainly go up again. uh, You've got 400,000 troops ready to go. You do have Benjamin Netanyahu. Some stories say that uh, the ground assault is a days away and there's other reports saying that um, it is hours away with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu telling the troops that uh, the hour is near for them to uh, go into Gaza. So, you know, there is a, a lot going on. And as we are you know, live here on Red Eye Radio overnight, we will continue to keep you updated on everything that is going on in the Middle East and, of course, here in America as well. She also talking about Margaret Brennan and, and Meet the Press, and, and she's interviewing Ron DeSantis, and she confronted him. And I'm using that term confronted on purpose because her line of questioning, at least to me, it felt like she was, uh, to be perfectly honest, it, it felt like she was on the attack. And, and she asked him uh, whether or not America should be accepting refugees. Listen to this. Refugees, by the way, from uh, uh, from Pal- from uh, from Gaza. We cannot accept people from Gaza into this country as refugees. I am not going to do that. Uh, if you look at how they behave, not all of them are Hamas, but they are all anti-Semitic. I'm sure, you know, all Arabs are Semites. But h- how can you paint with such a broad brush? to say 2.3 million people are anti-Semitic? Well, first of all, uh, my position is very clear. Uh, Those Gaza refugees, Palestinian Arabs, should go to Arab countries. The U.S. should not be absorbing um, any of those. No, and and, and he's absolutely right. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is absolutely right. And, And that discussion continued where, and by the way, there there are lawmakers that are out there that are now floating the idea and you knew this was coming, right? You just you absolutely knew that this was coming where there would be organizations, there would be politicians who would say, oh, sure, we can accept refugees. Bring them on in from uh, Gaza. But as Ron DeSantis said, no, not all of these folks out there uh, in, in Gaza, not all of them are put this in air quotes you know, pro Hamas, they're not necessarily, um, you know, anti-Semitic or, you know, anti-Jew. But but the thing that I would say is, and DeSantis talks about that as well, I want you to think about the culture, because when these kinds of attacks happen, you, you see the footage just like I have in Gaza and in all of these other Arab nations around uh, the Middle East where these attacks happen. And you see these folks and they're dancing in the streets at the mere thought of Israeli children being killed and mutilated, women being raped and murdered as well. So it's part of, as Ron DeSantis says, 
It is part of the culture. They elected Hamas. Let's just be clear about that. Not everyone's a member of Hamas. Most probably aren't, but they did elect Hamas. In 2006, and then system, the military occupation happened after that, where well, they went well, in and haven't allowed elections since 2007. So in 2006, there was I know, an election. But there was a lot Not of there was then. a lot of there was a lot of celebrating of those attacks. Um, in the Gaza Strip uh, by, by a lot of those folks who were not Hamas. But if you look at their education system, this has been an issue for a long time. Right. They teach kids to hate Jews. The textbooks do not have Israel even on the map. Uh, they prepare very young kids uh, to commit terrorist attacks. So I think it's a toxic culture. Yeah, I listen, uh, Ron DeSantis is speaking the truth. It is a toxic culture. And here's the thing. You, you bring in these folks in mass which is exactly what the Democrats and, and some of these organizations would want to do. You bring in some of these people in mass and somebody please tell me uh, how we know who these folks are that we would be bringing into this country. You can't. There is no way to tell what they have on their minds. It's just like what's coming across our southern border. The same concepts apply. And by the way, uh, John Kirby was asked a question, and the, the more John Kirby speaks, the more ridiculous he sounds. But he was asked if he is concerned about what is coming across our southern border. And, of course, he, he answered it appropriately. He said, well, well, yeah, of course we're concerned with with what is coming across our southern border. It's what else he said that is making headlines. I've got that audio for you straight ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Independence with carrier authority should be mindful that negotiation strength varies as the week progresses. Typically, the highest rates across major segments are paid for loads negotiated on Sundays, and the highest volume of loads for all segments is seen on Mondays. Also, the weekday that tends to be the best for flatbed negotiations, yielding the best rates. Owner-operators tend to have less negotiation strength on Tuesday, which shows the lowest weekday spread between brokers' offered rates and actual paid rates. Broker offers tend to rise by Wednesday, as the end of the week is in sight. This day also seems optimal for the 3 o'clock hustle, so-called for its reliance on that afternoon time of day, when brokers are getting nervous, to improve negotiation strength. Stay mindful of this system to maximize your revenue. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 86690. Red Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Uh, by the way, coming up at some point in this hour, you know, we've all spoken about the $6.5 billion that uh, we have uh, frozen now, the money that was supposed to go to Iran, and now that money has been refrozen. We also obviously understand that uh, Joe Biden has been looking the other way on sanctions, the the oil embargo with Iran. And so since uh, Joe Biden took the oath of office, Iran has sold bill- tens of billions of dollars 
in oil, and that has given them more opportunity to fund terrorism. There is, though, another story, and I don't have time to get into it now, but there is another story that is out there, and it is an incredible story of Joe Biden and how he has uh, funded an organization, believe it or not, and I know that a lot of you folks probably do believe it, uh, but believe it or not, that uh, the, the president has been funding Hamas. And that story for you, this is a one that came out and it has been under the microscope, particularly in the last 24 hours, although it is a story that has been going on for quite some time. The uh, president has been indeed funding an organization that has basically been uh, called an arm of Hamas. And so we'll talk about that coming up here on Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. I was telling you about uh, John Kirby and what he's been talking about uh, regarding the border. And so I want to play you this piece of audio because when this whole thing first happened, one of the first things that I said after, you know, the the shock and uh, the shock and the awe of the carnage and what was going on in Israel was, okay, so let's continue to look and uh, look forward and, and, and talk about what's going to happen next. We're going to have our support for Israel. Who knows what that entails, whether it is some sort of military support, financial support, into intelligence support, but whatever it'll be. United States, by and large, supports Israel, except on college campuses, obviously. But what that also means is that America itself could be vulnerable to terror attacks in our country. First thing I thought about, of course, was the southern border. John Kirby was on uh, Fox News uh, this weekend, uh, yesterday, Sunday, and was asked about the border. Well, of course, Iran is broadly complicit here. And of course, the resourcing and training they've given to Hamas has obviously helped Hamas function and be able to conduct the terrorist attacks that they have been able to conduct. And and that's part of the story, too, where he talks about, of course, what is going on uh, with Iran. And, And that is a very big deal. And the reason why that's a very big deal is because the Biden administration is continuing to do it. And there doesn't really seem to be uh, any kind of an interest in uh, not only stopping our funding of uh, Iran, but also there doesn't seem to be much of an interest in protecting our southern border. Here's more on that. Let me ask you about the southern border, because obviously the chaos there the openness, you can argue about that, but I mean, record numbers of people showing up there, record numbers of people who are either on a terror list or associated with somebody who is a family member, an associate. We're at record numbers for those. How worried are you as somebody who is, your job is national security, that we have an issue there with somebody who would be a bad actor, a copycat, or a terrorist cell? We're, we're, we're concerned about the potential spillover from the war against Hamas. Now, here's the great thing. Yes, he is concerned. His audio bite, and I'm going to play that, play more for you coming up, but he also continues to say, we're concerned, they're not concerned enough to close the southern border. Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 86690RED is the phone number, 866-907-3339. And playing you some audio of John Kirby. Because you can't have a conversation regarding what is going on with uh, Israel and Gaza, all of these refugees. What do we do with all of these refugees? Is America, by the way, don't forget that uh, Friday was the day of jihad. And so one of the things that everyone is asking and we should be asking is what are the dangers coming over our southern border? And so Kirby was on with um, Fox News over the weekend. And it is a question, and it is a question that we need to ask. What are the dangers that are coming across our southern border? And the the amazing point about this conversation with Kirby is that while on the one hand he says, oh, we're very concerned about it. Well, then if you're very concerned about it, do something about it. See, this is the this is the insanity of, of, of this administration. Where it's like they acknowledge the issue, but they refuse to take accountability, accept accountability for said issue, and they refuse to fix the issue. So, for example, just sticking with the southern border, how worried are you that there is going to be, you know, some sort of an attack on America? How worried are you that, you know, we're going to see some sort of horrific person coming across the border and, and doing something here in America. He says, well, we're very worried. Well, then the very next statement should be, what are you going to do about it? He's not going to do anything. It's going to remain open. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the border is secure. Remember that. Remember cringe Jean-Pierre. And John and, and John Kirby. And Joe Biden and and Kamala Harris, they all say, oh, sure, the border's secure. Well, it's really not. But here's more on that interview with uh, John Kirby. And they ask him, how worried are you that, you know, bad guys are coming across the uh, southern border? He says we're very concerned. Uh, In terms of domestic security, that's why days ago, I mean, within a day or two of the attacks, the president ordered the team, the national security team uh, and the Department of Homeland Security to work with state and local authorities to make sure that we have the intel picture in place to be able to identify and potentially disrupt any domestic terror threat as a result of of what's going on uh, against uh, Hamas. And I will tell you that even as we were speaking here this morning, we simply don't have any specific credible threat to speak to. But that doesn't mean we're not looking very, very hard. So here's the thing, is that, first of all, that is the epitome of this intelligence failure, right? Because part of the storyline has been that this was a massive intelligence failure uh, of just epic proportions, where you have Israel and the United States completely missed what Hamas was training for. And so my my question to, to John Kirby would be, okay, so... Are you then going to shut down the southern border because it is still open? And the answer to that question, by the way, would be no. They would sit here and talk about, well, you know, this is a president that has done, you know, unprecedented things to secure the border, you know, gaslighting America. 
peeing on our collective leg and then telling us that it's raining. That's what that's what the Biden administration has been doing. And and so for John Kirby, he knows. He knows that the American people very much understand what this president has done. You you look at. You look at a lot of the ills that uh, America is facing right now. They can literally be traced to Joe Biden and the Biden administration. I mean, look at what's happening in all of these uh, Democrat run cities, all of these sanctuary cities, sanctuary city cities across America, blue cities. You have all of these, uh, you know, migrant issues, these illegal aliens that are infecting these cities. And we have no idea what has come into our country. Now this story, you ready? Here's the headline. The Biden administration sent millions of dollars to a group accused of being an arm of Hamas. Now this has been going on for quite some time. The headline from Fox News. Biden administration sent tens of millions of dollars in COVID relief funds to a group accused of harboring Hamas terrorists. And they knew it at the time that they sent this money to this organization. This, of course, comes on the heels of the world finding out that we unfroze that $6 billion in frozen oil money for Iran and allowed them to score tens of billions of dollars in oil sales by not enforcing the oil embargo. Now, this story, the Biden administration sent thirty three point seven million dollars from the American Rescue Plan, a spending bill meant to combat covid to a Palestinian relief organization that has previously been accused of providing safe harbor to terrorists in Gaza and has been referred to as effectively a branch of Hamas. This is your taxpayer dollars. You know, my question would be, how many of those terrorists that got that safe harbor in Gaza, how many of them paraglided into Israel and mutilated children? It's a question I would like to know the answer to. This organization is called the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. And so they've faced intense scrutiny in recent years from critics who say they have not done enough to prevent aid from reaching Hamas. In 2014, the left-leaning New Republic described this organization as effectively a branch of Hamas. Again, United Nations Relief and Works Agency. Awkwardly named. I don't know why it's named that, but it is. But just this year, U.N. Watch reported that this organization, they have schools there in Gaza, and they were complicit in teaching children to hate Jewish people and glorify terrorism. U.N. Watch reported that the group has actually acknowledged that teachers, and put this in air quotes, mistakenly produced and distributed inciting material, but promised in 2021 
that it no longer circulates such material. Uh Uh-huh. Whatever you say. Facilities of this organization, this U.N. Palestinian Refugee Agency, have been repeatedly used by Hamas Palestinian terrorists for military purposes as staging grounds, weapons depots, and hideouts, according to people who have um, expert knowledge of the situation. Do you know that in one of these schools, they actually found bombs used by Hamas that were being stored in these schools? Yet Joe Biden, in his infinite wisdom, decided to give millions of dollars to this organization. And they're proud to do it, by the way. Former President Donald Trump cut off this organization's funding in 2018 in a move that was criticized by the left. They said that the former president was cutting off life-saving aid to impoverished Gaza residents. You see, that's part of what's going on. Part of what's going on is you have, you know, all of these, you know, put again, this in air quotes, impoverished Gaza residents. So you have all of this aid going to these impoverished Gaza residents. But in reality, that money is going to fund Hamas. So you've got this. What do you how do you how do you say it's like a money laundering scheme? That's what it is. It's like a money laundering scheme where you've got this this natural narrative where you've got all of these poor Gaza residents. And so Biden is out there trying to, you know, feed the children of Gaza. But in reality, they're arming the Hamas uh, terrorist organization. And, And former President Donald Trump, he saw right through this and said, hell no, we're not funding these people. And he cut it off just like he cut off Iran. Only only to have Joe Biden and the Democrats come and completely undo and reverse everything that Donald Trump did. That funding that Donald Trump cut off in 2018 was reinstated by the Biden administration, despite acknowledging concerns that there is a possibility that Hamas could benefit from the foreign aid. In March of 2021, Internal State Department documents that were obtained by the Washington Free Beacon earlier this year and verified by Fox News Digital shows officials privately communicating their concerns with a Biden administration plan to unfreeze over $360 million in U.S. funding for the Palestinian Authority could risk benefiting terror groups. A trade-off, the officials argued, was necessary for national security. And so they're absolutely proud of the fact that they have funded this organization. That funding, again, reinstated by the Biden administration, despite those concerns that they were arming Hamas. In July of 2022... The Biden administration bragged, announcing it had given uh, more money to this organization than any other entity in the world. Good Lord. 
you know, I feel like as a, a talk show host, I spend more time face palming with this administration than I ever did with Donald Trump. Than I ever did, even with uh, Barack Obama. I have spent more time face palming the first three years of the Biden administration than I did in the eight years of Obama. And those years were hell. And the four years of Donald Trump. In bragging that they had been uh, funding this particular organization that was accused of uh, harboring terrorists. And spreading anti uh, Israeli propaganda, the Biden administration says this contribution in total, by the way, of seven hundred and thirty million dollars. Biden administration saying this contribution cements the United States and our status as this organization's largest donor. Congratulations the, uh, to the people of America. We're funding this uh, organization. Back to what the Biden administration says. The White House said in a press release announcing another $201 million of taxpayer funding going to the organization. These new funds bring the total United States assistance to the UNRWA during the Biden administration to more than $618 million. The New York Post reported this week that the Biden administration has given a total of $730 million to the UNRWA. Unbelievable. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric, and this is Anthony calling from Pittsburgh. Thanks for calling Red Eye Radio. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, hey, I wanted to point out um, the Arab League has twenty two nations. Has anybody questioned them as to if they're sending in supplies, if they're taking in any Palestinian refugees? You know, I, the media hasn't really um, pointed that out. I don't believe that they are. Matter of fact, I, I think we, we do have some people here in America saying that we should be uh, taking in refugees from Gaza, which is something and I appreciate uh, the call, Anthony. Uh, that is something that uh, I and I was playing audio from on DeSantis earlier. Uh, I think most folks would say, you know, we we don't know. We may sympathize with some of the people there in Gaza, but I don't think we sympathize enough for us to uh, begin even a conversation about bringing in uh, Gaza refugees. One of the things that, in case you folks missed it, and and maybe I'll go back to that DeSantis audio here in a little bit, but one of the things that people are talking about is if we wanted to bring in refugees from Gaza, we would have absolutely no idea who they were, what they've been taught in those schools, or what they're up to. This is Red Eye Radio.
on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Gary and Eric return in a week. I always appreciate the opportunity to host here on Red Eye Radio for Gary and uh, Eric, and I'm here all week. You can find out more about me on my social media pages. I'm at Dan Manda Show on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram as well. And it's interesting because there, there's so much going on. And as I was doing research over the weekend into all of the various stories that I'm covering for you uh, this morning, one overriding theme, well, there's a couple, but the biggest overriding theme, at least to me right now, is Joe Biden's ineptitude. And listen, I, I understand people that listen to me in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 at WTN. You know that I often say that they're just it is like unlimited amounts of conversation that we can have about Joe Biden's ineptitude. And it's almost like every single thing in the headlines this morning, by and large, for the most part. I mean, the Republicans still don't have a speaker. Uh, don't get me going on that. But, you know, by and large, most things that uh, are illing America, a lot of the things that we are dealing with right now have Joe Biden's fingerprints all over them. And the American people most certainly do understand, which is why Biden's approval ratings, they still haven't recovered from what happened with the disastrous pullout of Afghanistan. You know, earlier in the broadcast that we were talking about, I I was discussing the situation with this funding. Uh, Joe Biden has been funding, of course, we know that he's been funding Iran. Uh, We know that he's been funding this organization i was telling you about this organization that uh, the the president has been funding that has given really uh, aid and comfort to hamas to the tune of 730 million dollars i mean in case you're just joining us because you know with red eye radio it's it's nationally syndicated we have stations that jump on you know at different hours and so if you miss the previous hour i'm just going to give you a, a very brief 30 second retrace where the Biden administration has been sending $730 million total to a group that is considered by many to be basically an arm of Hamas. They had actually stored missiles at one of its Gaza schools, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. And so for years, this uh, organization has been considered being an arm of Hamas, so much so that Donald Trump in 2018 said, no, we are not going to continue to fund this organization. And so the American people and then Biden comes in and he because he has to reverse everything that Donald Trump has done. uh, He reversed that policy of Donald Trump. 
And in the past many years, here we are with this organization, Hamas sympathizers, an arm of Hamas. And Joe Biden has given them seven hundred and thirty million dollars. And then, of course, you've got the six billion dollars of Iranian funds in that prisoner swap deal that we've all been talking about. You've got the, you know, 80 billion plus dollars that the Iranians have been able to make off of the Biden administration as they don't enforce the sanctions. That dictated and demanded that uh, nations not buy oil from Iran. And so Biden, since day one, he has done nothing but embolden Iran. He has done nothing but embolden Hamas. He has done nothing but embolden Hezbollah. And so Josh Hawley, you know, he was uh, all over the media over the weekend and, and he asked a question. And that question is. How long will the American people continue to stand by while the president funds these terrorist organizations? This is part of what he had to say. He's asking for an investigation. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that other than I think, frankly, they just don't seem to like the state of Israel very much. And listen to this. I mean, they've also given Biden has hundreds of millions of dollars to the corrupt Palestinian leaders. And we now see where that money is going. I mean, we see what it is being used for in these attacks. There shouldn't be a dime given to these corrupt leaders, not a further dime. And, of course, that Iran money, that should never, ever have been given. It needs to be withdrawn immediately. We shouldn't be negotiating with terrorists. This is Joe Biden's foreign policy on display, on exhibit. It is total chaos. It is disaster around the world. And ultimately, it is danger for the United States of America. Yeah, and, and danger because we know southern border is wide open and talking earlier about uh, john kirby and how he was interviewed on fox news and you know they specifically asked the question about whether or not there are concerns about what's coming across the southern border and he said oh absolutely we're concerned yet they're not doing anything to act on those concerns except to say that they're watching the situation but are they closing the border no they're not Americans, by a vast majority, say that Joe Biden should never have unfrozen that six billion dollars of Iranian funds in that prisoner swap deal. The Daily Mail poll found that 43 percent said that those funds should not have been unfrozen. Twenty nine percent, of course, said that it should have been uh, unfrozen. Those are the people that support Hamas and Iran. And Hezbollah and astonishingly enough, 28 percent said that they didn't know. Which tells you that the awareness of this story just isn't there. And, you know, it, it is so incredible when we see these stories and you, you have so many people that just they don't know. They have no idea. They don't know what's going on. Iran, Hamas, where's Hamas? I mean, th th these are things that people actually say when they're asked about Hamas. And how it is a terrorist organization. People just sadly don't know. You know, there's some people uh, who will say, well, you know, th those people that don't know. How do they not know? Well, I think they don't know because. 
people simply don't pay attention. There's a great video. I've retweeted this video, and it's a video of a guy, and I know that you get the spirit of this. He's walking around the streets of Los Angeles, and he's asking very basic questions, questions that every human being should be able to answer. But they couldn't. And I call these the I don't know people when they're asked, hey, uh, should uh, Joe Biden have um, unfrozen those uh, that six point five billion dollars for Iran? And they just say that they don't know. These are the I don't know people. Do you know how many stars there are on the U.S. flag? 52. Yes. What state is Utah in? Michigan. Yes. Do you know what state Utah is in? Utah, I, to be honest with you, I've never heard of that place ever in my life. Wow. I live under a rock. Can you name three countries besides the U.S.A.? I know. I suck at history. I was like, my worst subject. Can we do, like, science? <laughs> No, no, any three, any three, you know this. A country? Oh my jeez, this is terrible, oh my god. Um, uh, I don't know people. Wait, besides the U.S.? Yeah. She can't do it. Do you know how many dimes there are in the dollar? Make up one dollar. Come on. A dime is the ten cent or the five cent? You tell me. (laughs) I don't know. Came three countries besides the U.S.A. Um... Damn. Any three, you know this. Canada, New Mexico, right? That's good. Yeah. Damn, I need one more. Uh, damn. Yeah, so you got Canada, New Mexico, and what? Anybody surprised by this? Damn. I need to go back to school. Do you know how many states there are in total in the U.S.? A hundred. A hundred. That's the I don't know people. So when when you because I'm always astonished, you know, I I I understand that people have differing opinions, you know, regarding uh, funding for Iran. The six point five billion dollars should have have been frozen or should it not have been frozen? And I understand that, you know, there's there's going to be some people I don't understand their line of thinking and they're clearly wrong. But there will be some people that side with the Biden administration. But it's always the I don't know people that fascinate me. Should should Israel go into uh, Gaza and and root out Hamas? Oh, I don't know. Was it right that Hamas went in and, you know, killed all those innocent Israelis? Oh, I don't know. Well, that's the the montage of, of, uh, you know, dumb A answers that I just played for you. That's the I don't know people. I would also say that they're, you know, probably Democrats, but listen, I don't know. There's my I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying. But when you look at the polling, I mean, it is clear that the American people, uh, by and large, are looking at uh, the Biden administration and realizing that they were uh, absolutely wrong to continue to fund Iran. And, And believe it or not, even some in the media are understanding that it was a very bad move. Bad move after bad new move after bad move after bad move from the Biden administration as they have been continuing to fund terrorism. Meantime, FBI Director Christopher Wray said in a speech to San Diego law enforcement this weekend. 
that we really do need to worry about attacks at home. What he had to say, it's going to scare you. And it's coming up next. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. People uh, calling, asking, where can they find that video of the audio that I played, where people are asked, like, you know, how many uh, dimes are in a dollar? Ten. And so it, I, it was just it was a, like an hour, a minute and fifteen second montage of people being asked really um, easy questions, and they couldn't answer the questions. And I call them the I don't know people when when people are polled, like like, for example, you know, should uh, Israel be allowed to defend itself uh, against terrorist attacks? And you got people that say, I don't know. There's a great video. It's uh, on uh, my Twitter page at Dan Manda show my Twitter feed. And I've tweeted it out. You can see the entire video. It's like I think it's 11 minutes long of people that are saying I don't know or don't know or the most ridiculous answers to the, the easiest of questions, we can find it on uh, my Twitter at Dan Mandis Show. Uh, coming up, by the way, just uh, very quickly after uh, the bottom of the hour break. Apparently, because, you know, there's a lot of drama going on, as you know, with uh, the speaker vote uh, there for the Republicans in the House of Representatives. Uh, you had Steve Scalise and uh, Jim Jordan. Steve Scalise uh, bowed out. That all happened on uh, Thursday evening, Friday morning. And uh, so now you've got Jim Jordan, who basically uh, is um, the one guy who is doing whatever he can to muster up, garner enough votes to officially make him the Speaker of the House. But Jim Jordan does not have the votes. Well, Now, overnight, there has been a big update to that story, and I'm going to tell you about that uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour break right here on Red Eye Radio. Again, the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. We do have this uh, story regarding Christopher Wray, FBI Director Christopher Wray, saying in a speech over the weekend to San Diego law enforcement that we do need to worry about terror attacks at home. You know, and and I'm going to read his quote. But then, you know, part of my question is, okay, so anybody who has half a brain, you know, the I don't know people have no idea. But anybody with half a brain understands that we do have threats in this country, whether it is these migrants coming across our southern border or... What we've seen in these uh, college campuses around the country where we have these anti uh, Israel pro Palestinian organizations who, at least to me, clearly support terrorism. And so one of the big parts of the news cycle last week was these uh, student protesters. And were they protesting, you know, innocent children that were mutilated and slaughtered? Burned to death, women raped and murdered. 
defenseless uh, Israelis, defenseless Jews just shot and, and just indiscriminately killed? Were they protesting that? No. They were protesting Israel and their quote-unquote occupation on stolen land. So there's a lot of things to be worried about. And I think that part of what I said that Monday following the weekend attacks, you know, a week ago, was that our world has changed. Because I can look a couple of steps ahead, as I know that, you know, most of you folks can too. You can look ahead and you can see exactly where this storyline is going. Israel is going to exact its revenge. Right now, there's 400,000 Israelis. And you've got Benjamin Netanyahu. He's out there saying that the hour is near where they are going to go into Gaza and try to root out Hamas. Well, you know what's going to happen. There will be mass casualties, mass carnage. Israel didn't start this fight, but they're going to end it. But now you've got Iran saying that if uh, Israel goes in and there is mass carnage, there is mass casualties of the innocent people of Gaza, they themselves, Iran, will step in. Hezbollah, of course, they've already been dipping their toe in as well, attacking Israel. And the more casualties that we see, and we will see casualties, the more casualties that we see in Gaza, the more furious people will be here in America who already don't like Israel, who already say that Israel should not have the, relatively speaking, very small amount of land that they have. Even though you've got all of these countries in the Middle East, that have just limitless amount of land, unlimited amount of land. They feel like Israel should not have the very small amount of land that they do have and that they've occupied for thousands of years. FBI Director Christopher Ray said in a speech to San Diego law enforcement this weekend that we do need to be worried about uh, attacks here at home. This is a quote. In this heightened environment, there's no question that we're seeing an increase in reported threats. And we have to be on the lookout, especially for, he says, lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own, he said. And I would encourage you, speaking to law enforcement, to stay vigilant, because as the first line of defense in protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. And he said, I'd also ask that you continue sharing any intelligence or observations you may have on our end. He says, we're committed to doing the same so that together we can safeguard our communities. Christopher Ray, head of the FBI. 866-90, Red Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 86690 Red Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. So news, of course, is uh, breaking here on uh, Red Eye Radio, trying to cover it all for you. This is a headline from Fox. A crossing between Gaza and Egypt has briefly reopened. Fox News is reporting, giving Palestinians a final chance to escape. My response to that headline would be great. Uh, We'll have to see how long it stays open and we'll also have to see if Gaza, uh, if the people of Gaza, if they're allowed to escape by Hamas. That's number one. Now, Egypt, you know, perhaps you know the story, maybe you don't. But Egypt has been reticent for uh, years to accept people from Gaza because they feel like this is um, an Israeli issue. This is an Israeli-Palestinian uh, issue. And so they don't want a whole bunch of refugees coming in from uh, Gaza because they don't want, it's kind of like us, kind of like here in America. You know, they, they don't want their problem to become, uh, you know, they don't want Palestinians' problem or Israel's problem to become their problem. Uh, they're in Egypt. And so they don't want a bunch of refugees coming in. And also there there was a pop up and I'm, I'm trying to find it. But there was a pop up that said that there was a, a ceasefire that was um, happening uh, there in Gaza. Now, I don't know any other details other than that, because it was one of those mysterious pop ups where there is like a breaking news pop up and there's no more uh, information on that. And may very well be that it is the calm before the storm because you've got, and I was reporting this to you earlier, that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is saying the hour is near and he's got 400,000 troops that have amassed right there on the border with Gaza. And they were supposed to go in over the weekend, but they didn't. Uh, The official word was because it was, uh, you know, raining. The weather was bad, and that um, meant that the uh, ground troops would not get any air support. But, you know, there's other people that said, oh, it's not because of the weather. It's because they may have a line on some intel as to where those hostages are. And so they're, you know, maybe trying to either negotiate to get those uh, hostages free or they just they want to give more time for people to escape into uh, Egypt or escaped out or escape out of the region where uh, Israel will be uh, focused on because Israel has been saying and people who want to go out there and, and perpetually and constantly say, oh, well, you know, Israel, they just they want to take out as many civilians as possible. That is clearly not true. Israel has been telling people there in Gaza exactly where to go, exactly how to escape. And it has been uh, Hamas that has been essentially holding people captive inside of their homes. But that is uh, the very latest. The crossing between Gaza and Egypt has uh, briefly reopened, giving Palestinians the final chance to escape and um, seeing some references to uh, I'm assuming it's a temporary ceasefire as uh, the entire world literally waits uh, to see what Israel's next move is. So 
A lot of uh, moving parts this morning, and we'll keep you updated here on Red Eye Radio. Again, 866-90-RED-EYE. We all know there's been a battle going on here in America over the uh, Speaker of the House. Um, Kevin McCarthy, of course, um, bounced from the job, and now the Republicans are trying to figure out who will be the next Speaker of the House. This is uh, the headline from the Daily Mail. This came out just uh, a couple of hours ago, as a matter of fact. Mystery challenger set to take on Jim Jordan in speaker vote as moderate Republicans try to keep Ohio representative from the House's top job. The House without a speaker is essentially, they say, unable to function during a time of turmoil in the U.S. and wars overseas. Now, there is a lot of um, sausage uh, sausage making, if you will, in the news on Friday. Because you had Steve Scalise and uh, he was um, he had a lot of support. Steve Scalise did. And so the question was, did he have enough support? Well, clearly, no. Steve Scalise did not have enough support for um, a straight vote. However, uh, you did have a lot of Republicans uh, who did uh, believe that he was uh, the right person for the job. And and then as. um, Everyone was shocked to find out that Scalise decided to pull his name. He said, no, you know what? I've decided that I'm going to uh, pull my name out of consideration. Now, there's a reason for that. The reason why Scalise pulled his name from consideration is because he knew that he didn't have the support. This is a part of what Scalise had to say. This was on Friday. I just share with my colleagues that I'm withdrawing my name as a candidate for the speaker-designee. If you look at over the last few weeks, if you look at where our conference is, there's still work to be done. Uh, Our conference still has to come together and is not there. There are still some people that have their own agendas. And I was very clear, we have to have everybody put their agendas on the side and focus on what this country needs. This country is counting on us to come back together. That is uh, Steve Scalise. And uh, by the way, who he is referring to, the person that has his own agenda, I'm assuming that he's talking about Jim Jordan. Axios had this uh, big story about how Jordan tried to strike this deal with Steve Scalise because it was basically Jordan and Scalise. And uh, they were both campaigning for the job. So Jordan apparently said to Scalise, That Jordan saying that I will nominate and support you for speaker. But then if you lose in the first round, you need to turn around and nominate me and support me so I can give it a go. Well, here's the thing. Jim Jordan, when he tried to steal, when he tried to make that deal with Scalise, he knew that Scalise didn't have the support of the more conservative a part of the House of Representatives. So Jordan was, you know, if I'm just calling balls and strikes here, and I'm going to be honest with you, I really like Jim Jordan. But if I'm calling balls and strikes, uh, Jim Jordan was disingenuous because Scalise knew that Jordan knew that he didn't have, that Scalise didn't have the support of the more conservative wing of the House of Representatives. Those folks still supported Jim Jordan. And so it was kind of a 
Some people say that uh, Jordan was trying to, you know, engage in some sort of an extortion, you know, plot against Steve Scalise. I I really don't know. But it it really does seem to be disingenuous uh, because of that block of conservatives that were going to back Jordan and not Scalise. So Jordan makes the offer knowing Scalise wouldn't get the confirmation. Then Scalise would have to turn around and nominate Jordan. And who knows if uh, the Scalise backers if they would have supported Jim Jordan. But Scalise would have been out of the picture, so they wouldn't have had have to have had much of a choice. Would the, would the more moderate wing of the uh, Republicans in the House, would they have agreed that Jim Jordan was uh, the right guy? Who knows? So, again, there's some sausage making here. It, it sounds kind of like some uh, backstabbing. Here's a little bit more. From Steve Scalise. And I still have a deep, deep passion for making sure we get our country back on track and get our conference fixed again. Uh, but there's some folks that really need to look in the mirror over the next couple of days and decide, are we going to get it back on track? Are they going to try to pursue their own agenda? You can't do both. And I think we're going to get there. I was very clear in that room uh, that ultimately we, we have to come together for the country. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Aaron sent this to me uh, via Twitter. The prime minister's office of Israel this morning, uh, there is no ceasefire. And that was just a few minutes ago. So, again, this is one of the things about uh, this war. The um, this escalation of tensions in the Middle East is you see some of these things and they come through Twitter and they're they're reported on some of the news networks. And just in a blink of an eye, uh, the news is changing. So uh, thanks to Aaron for uh, sending that to me. Uh, the House of Representatives, uh, Jim Jordan, is denying. I was telling you about this sort of the sub, the, the, this plot, if you will. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, trying to, as some would say, I don't know if extortion is the right word, but, you know, Jim Jordan trying to fool uh, Steve Scalise into, you know, ultimately. That's the right word. I'm trying looking for the right word. Trick as Steve Scalise, into ultimately agreeing to a plot that would see Jim Jordan become the Speaker of the House. Uh, By the way, that little maneuver that I was telling you about with uh, Jim Jordan, that not only angered Steve Scalise enough that he decided, screw it, I'm out because I don't have the support anyway. But also now you have a lot of folks within the House of Representatives that are saying they will never support Jim Jordan. Because of what he uh, tried to do. One GOP lawmaker uh, familiar with all of these conversations telling Axios that Jordan told Scalise, America wants me before storming out of the office. Three sources uh, confirming Jim Jordan was making calls to gauge support following Scalise's announcement. Um, But here's the thing. And this is the quote from Axios. Jim Jordan tried to extort Steve Scalise, and Steve said, no, I will nominate and vote for you in the first round. And if you don't win, you have to support me in the second round. They say that uh, Jim Jordan was a blankety blank snake and disgraceful. And there's zero chance now that Jim Jordan will be the speaker after, you know, what happened in the day before. Steve Scalise pulled out. And again, the reason why Scalise pulled out was because he knew that he didn't have the support of the conservative wing. That's number one. And number two, 
He felt like Jim Jordan was trying to uh, pull a fast one. And again, I do understand there's a lot of uh, sausage making here because a lot of this stuff, you know, this, this stuff does happen. I mean, this is how Washington, D.C. runs. It is dysfunctional. I'm right there with you, friends. But I believe that so is the uh, Republican Party. Now, here's what they're saying. And, and by the way, just in case you don't know, I am very conservative. I don't know, though, if I still consider myself a Republican. But I am very much of a conservative because let's face it, uh, the Republican Party has done a lot of really stupid stuff. And I've been incredibly frustrated with the party. Anyway, uh, that's a conversation for another day. The headline from the Daily Mail mystery challenger is set to take on Jim Jordan in this speaker vote as moderate Republicans try to keep Jordan from getting the job. Now, the Daily Mail isn't saying who that uh, mystery candidate would be. But the bottom line is Jordan's not going to get it. Unless he can do some arm twisting. And I think that there's some Republicans, some moderate Republicans who are so incredibly angry with Jim Jordan that there's no way they're going to vote for him. And so they're craving someone who is just conservative enough, but just moderate enough to appeal to everybody. And it's got to be somebody who is incredibly well-respected. By the way, there's also a story that uh, the Republicans, the moderate Republicans, are going to go to the Democrats to try to enlist their help. And if that happens, if um, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries if he is um, able to get his, uh, you know, his corrupt little fingers in the pie of all of this, then don't think for a second that there's not going to be all kinds of conditions uh, placed on the Republicans. Where if the, uh, you know, if the Republicans go to the Democrats and say, OK, we've got this moderate speaker, we need your help. There will be conditions like, for example. Investigations into Joe Biden will be dropped. Unlimited funding for Ukraine is just a couple of the conditions that I have seen. So that plot continues to thicken. 86690 Red Eye is the phone number. 86-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number, 866 uh, The president gave an, an interview to uh, Scott Pelley over there at um, 60 Minutes and CBS News. And I got to tell you, I'm going to play some audio uh, from this coming up after the top of the hour uh, when I come up next. But I, I got to tell you that if you are one that believes that journalism is dead, this interview with Scott Pelley will absolutely confirm those suspicions. So that story coming ahead, uh, coming up straight ahead for you and a whole lot more. Again, the phone lines are open at 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. The guys return in a week. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as well, all three at Dan Mandis Show. I'm, I'm, I've retweeted this uh, tweet from a guy by the name of Colin Rugg. And you folks listening on KABC in Los Angeles, uh, maybe you experienced some of these uh, protests over the weekend. But this is a massive protest in Los Angeles where anti-Israel supporters took over the streets. Thousand plus anti-Israel demonstrators marching through the streets of Los Angeles. Pro-Palestinian supporters were seen harassing, assaulting, and even spitting on the Israeli supporters. The protesters appear to be sympathetic to Hamas as they seem to suggest that the attacks were actually not terror attacks, but simply resistance. And they say that resistance is not terrorism. Many signs read. You know, I would invite those people who are out there, you know, protesting or whatever, marching through the streets of Los Angeles, college campuses all across the country. I would love to see those people be forced to sit and watch videos of babies being mutilated and women being raped and innocent people being killed and agree and continue to assert that resistance is not terrorism. That is murder. That is rape. Now, there's videos out there of uh, these um, Hamas terrorists, and they've got the body of a woman in the back of a pickup truck, and they're spitting on the body of this woman. God knows what else they were doing to uh, this uh, the body of this woman. I mean, obviously, they killed her. So I retweeted the video at Dan Manda Show, and you can follow me on Twitter there. It is just, it is a, it is baffling to me. Because if you spent and and I've sadly I've spent a lot of time watching these videos uh, on social media of what the um, what Hamas terrorists did to innocent, uh, innocent Israelis, innocent Jewish people. And yet somehow you have people that are trying to justify that kind of barbaric, animalistic, horrific behavior. And yet you still have people defending this kind of behavior. And I find, I mean, clearly the the murderous acts of Hamas is is unacceptable. And to me, so is this notion that, quote unquote, resistance is not terrorism. It, It is rather ridiculous. Now, Joe Biden. Oh, by the way, as I said in the last hour, if you think this is bad, what what we're seeing in cities like Los Angeles and Chicago and 
you know, Washington, D.C. and New York and, you know, all of these big cities, these big Democrat run cities. Where you have pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, you know, rallies and protests against Israel, this is going to get a lot worse. I'm just telling you, you know, you better buckle up, folks, because when Israel goes into Gaza and we see how horrific that's going to be because Hamas hasn't allowed a lot of those folks in Gaza to escape. And there's going to be a lot of civilian casualties. Well, those civilian casualties, that's going to be on Hamas. But these protesters across the country, these anti-Israel folks, they will say that it's Israel's fault. When in reality, no, this is on Hamas. And anybody who's been paying attention to this knows that Israel has been doing everything that they possibly can to let people know that they needed needed to get out of these areas. And Hamas won't let them. Now, Joe Biden was uh, interviewed, he put that in air quotes, interviewed on 60 Minutes and uh, Scott Pelley. Now, I'm just going to tell you that they made a big deal in this interview. They made a big deal out of the fact that, you know, the the leader of the free world, President Biden, he 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 wedged in an interview with 60 minutes. They only had, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes to speak to the president. And so they had to make good use of the time. Well, if you watch the interview and far be it from me to tell 60 minutes how to do their jobs. But this is a ridiculous interview. Because they didn't ask hard hitting news driven type of questions. I mean, a lot of these questions, it, it seems to me, a lot of these questions that that Scott Pelley asked. Um, there's no other way to say it. They, they were softball questions. One of the questions that they asked was, uh, do, does he think, does the president think that we'll be able to uh, handle a supporting uh, the war in uh, Gaza, the Israel-Hamas war, and also the war with uh, Ukraine. Are we able to support both? Are the wars in Israel and Ukraine more than the United States can take on at the no, same time? We're the United States of America, for God's sake. The most powerful nation in the history, not in the world, in the history of the world. The history of the world. We can take care of both of these and still maintain our overall international defense. Can we? We have the capacity to do this, and we have an obligation to. We are the essential nation, as to, to, to Paris, phrase the former Secretary of State. And if, if we don't, who does? You know, he says that, but at the same time, it was just a couple of weeks ago there were uh, reports. I mean, John Kirby himself said that we're running out of runway. The Pentagon came out and said that we are running low on uh, ammunitions and so forth. So when the president, you know, he you just heard the audio. I mean, he was very confident. I mean, the only thing that that answer was lacking was a come on, man. But then why is it that your own uh, Pentagon, uh, Joe Biden, why is it your own Pentagon has been sounding the alarm that we're running short on ammo? We're running short on guns. We're running short on military equipment. And this thing has only begun To get bad. Because as I said before. It's going to get a lot worse. What about the hostages? 
This is what Scott Pelley asked Joe Biden. Why do you feel so strongly about speaking to these families personally on Zoom? Because I think they have to know that the president of the United States of America cares deeply about what's happening. What a deeply. Yeah. OK. What, what a softball question. So he, he asked a follow up question. Scott Pelley did. He asked a follow up question. And again, far be it for me to tell Scott Pelley and the mighty 60 minutes how to do their jobs. But listen, if you only have a few minutes to, to ask a Joe Biden questions, why are you asking such an obvious pandering question? President Biden, you're against hostage taking, aren't you? I mean, th- that's how dumb this question was. Of course, the president cares. How is this news that the president cares or that he held a Zoom call with families? It's not news. This is narrative control. And and so as I'm watching this interview with uh, Joe Biden, Scott Pelley, it's 60 Minutes, I very quickly realized that this really wasn't a news driven interview. It was a puff piece of propaganda where the president was asked easy questions. That he's, by the way, answered many times. He or his administration have answered many times in the last week. One question was absolutely ridiculous, and it was about terror attacks at home. Because of what we're seeing in the Middle East is the threat of terrorism in the United States increased. Uh, I don't know. Gee, Scott, what do you think? Is the risk of terror attacks at home... Has it increased? Only a moron would say, oh, no, we're perfectly safe at home. And believe it or not, Joe Biden, despite the fact that he is a moron, actually managed to answer the question appropriately. Yes, I had a meeting this morning with the Homeland Security people, with the FBI, with, for the Situation Room for a better part of an hour to discuss how we make sure that we prevent a lone wolf and or any coordinated effort to try to do what was done in synagogues before, do what was done to Jews in the street. And so we're, 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 we're making a major effort to make sure that doesn't happen. So Pauli asks, is there a concern about terror attacks at home? And the president answered appropriately. But it was an, it's an obvious question with an obvious answer. The better question would have been, Scott Pelley, I might want to take some notes. Mr. President, this is how I would have framed the question. Mr. President, there have been many people who have been caught coming across our border from countries rife with terrorism and hatred for America and hatred for Israel. Have your wide open border policies made America less safe, Mr. President, especially given the current state of affairs? That's the question a real journalist would have asked. Scott Pelley is not a real journalist. Scott Pelley is a is a spinster of narrative for the Biden administration. That's what Scott Pelley is. These questions were all too easy to answer and and basically questions that made the president look sympathetic yet tough. It's almost like they gave uh, Scott Pelley talking points. So when you look at this interview, if you want to watch this interview 
uh, you'll see how easily uh, the president was able to answer these uh, quote unquote questions, which they they, they really weren't. Here, here's another one. Is it time for a ceasefire? Is it time for a ceasefire? So, first of all, it's not up to President Biden. But I love how you, you have this this massive, bloody, horrific terror attack on Israel. And now Israel is going in to effectively destroy Hamas, which is what they should have done uh, years ago. And Scott Pelley asks, is it time for a ceasefire? Well, wait till you hear how the president answered. Your calls as well coming up next. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Once a roadside inspection is completed, the officer will close it out, which involves the officer writing or typing up the report. The more the officer found during the inspection, the longer this will take. If violations were discovered, most officers, as a courtesy, will explain the violations to the driver. If there were any out-of-service violations, the officer will normally explain what must be done to get the out-of-service order lifted. Drivers need to be very attentive during this part of the inspection. The driver also needs to read and understand the complete inspection report. After receiving the inspection report, the driver has 24 hours to get the roadside inspection report to the motor carrier. If the driver will not be returning to a company facility within the next 24 hours, the driver needs to know to get it on the way to you via email, mail, or fax within 24 hours. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. They return in a week. And going over this uh, totally laydown interview that Scott Pelley from 60 Minutes did with President Joe Biden, just, you know, every question is like a, a complete course in why journalism is dead, at least over there at 60 Minutes, because this clearly was not a, a real interview. This really was more like uh, narrative control uh, aided by 60 Minutes and Scott Pelley. Uh, this is uh, Joe Biden and Scott Pelley. And uh, this question by uh, Pelley just floored me. Is it time for a ceasefire? Uh, look, there's a fundamental difference. Israel is going after a group of people who engage in barbarism that is as consequential as the Holocaust. And uh, so I think Israel has to respond. They have to go after Hamas. And, and I will tell you that as somebody who is, um, you know, a, a constant critic of Joe Biden, I, I do appreciate some of the answers that, that he gave. But again, there's a lot of things that were not asked that should have been asked, but apparently just didn't ask them. Instead, asking questions that were, you know, very easily answered or that, um, you know, frankly, had no answer whatsoever. And so this is um, I've got a couple of more examples, but I want to say hello very quickly to Steve, who's been holding for a while in Los Angeles. Steve, how are you? Thanks for calling in. I'm good, Dan. You know, um, 
I quit putting my TV on any of these networks. Um, you said journalism's dead, only 90% of it. But when you see Susan Raddatz uh, crying on uh, network television the night Hillary lost, and you see Leslie Stahl calling former President Trump a liar when he said I was spied on, there's 100% proof he was spied on. Um, and time after time after time, now there's some journalists, I think Brett Baer is a real journalist. I think Newsmax has some journalism. But I don't put my TV on any ABC, NBC, CBS, NPR, CNN, or the MSLSD uh, crackheads. <laughs> None of that garbage. Yeah. And if Americans stop doing that, maybe they'll change, but I doubt it. Um, I, I look at uh, what's happening in Israel. I wonder if the same people that call these people resistance fighters would call uh, Himmler and uh, Gehring uh, freedom fighters or resistance fighters uh, 80 years ago. Yeah, you know, it is it is ridiculous. And uh, I would agree with you that uh, journalism is not totally dead. You know where the best journalism is, uh, Steve? There's a lot of really good Pretty journalism bad. just basically happening uh, on, you know, some of these uh, folks on Twitter and some of these folks on Instagram as well. There's some real good independent journalists that are out there that are doing the digging, that are asking the, the really hard questions. But those journalists are never given access to a, a person like Joe Biden because they understand the Biden administration understands that those real journalists that are asking the tough questions uh, would they would never be allowed access. If Scott Pelley was a real journalist, he would have said, you know, um, the last 22 years, Mr. President, uh, we've had people throwing their cologne and toothpaste away and missing flights because they're taking their boots off and their belts off, going through security. And we've got 1.5 million in the last three years waltzing in our country. We have no idea who they are. Yeah. Does that make sense to you, Mr. President? But Scott well, Kelly's not a journalist. He's a boot-licking or a butt-licking leftist activist like uh, everybody on CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN. NPR and and the, like I said, the crackheads at MSLSD. Well, and, and the other thing I would say, Steve, and I appreciate the call, is, is that uh, Pelly also didn't ask the president about all of his funding for Iran. He didn't ask him about his funding for this. Uh, I was talking earlier in the broadcast about uh, this organization that is pro Hamas. It has literally been described as an arm of Hamas. And President Biden reversed what uh, President Donald Trump did. You know, Donald Trump, there's this organization. Maybe I'll be able to get into it a little bit more after the break. But there's an organization that uh, Donald Trump said, no, we're, we're not going to fund this organization any longer because it was the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. And Trump said, no, we're not going to give any more money to this organization. Biden turned around and in a few short years, he has given this organization hundreds of millions of dollars, even though organizations, even though, you know, there's some intelligence agencies that have literally come out and said this is an arm of Hamas. Yet Joe Biden, time and time again, has proudly given this organization millions of dollars. So make no mistake, Joe Biden has funded the war on Israel.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. By the way, you can follow me on the socials at Dan Mandis Show. I'm there on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter slash X and uh, also on Facebook. Gary and Eric, by the way, they do return uh, a week from this morning. And uh, there is just so much to talk about. And I don't know if you saw this story. Uh, I did tweet this out. And uh, it's a story of somebody who was in Chicago. You know, you folks listening in Chicago and you call all the time. Maybe you uh, saw this story. But there is a and, and stop me when you've heard this before. But you've got this um, takeover of a street in Chicago. And uh, I think it's a major. Is it is it Wacker? W.A.C. I think that's the name of the street in Chicago. You people in Chicago, if I got that wrong, I know you'll let me know. But anyway. Massive street takeover in Chicago. And you've got all of these people that are, you know, doing what they do with uh, the street takeover. They're dancing in the streets and they're doing what these people do. And a Tesla driver accidentally drives into the fray. And, of course, this mob, they start banging on the car and they start Breaking the windows of the car, breaking the window, the the back window of the car. You got some other malcontent who is, you know, taking the car and uh, trying to break the window of the driver's side. And and this this person, whoever's driving this Tesla, is just has all of these people jumping on the car. And you know what the police were doing? They were literally right there. And the police do absolutely nothing. I tweeted out the video. Chicago's lower Wacker Roadway, W-A-C-K-E-R. And so this driver in this Tesla is, is trying to get out, is trying to get away. And so finally the Tesla uh, a driver who whose car is being vandalized by all of these freaks in the middle of the road, just hits the gas and tries to get away. Scrapes other vehicles in the process, ends up hitting somebody with his car, and just bolts. And so now everybody wants to know, okay, so who was that uh, driver in that Tesla? Because we want to hunt that driver down. That driver needs to be arrested, they'll say. Now, the person that was hit, I don't I don't believe that uh, that that person has significant injuries, but it was one of these flash mobs. One of these street takeovers. And and so the 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 driver, you know, drives away. The person gets hit. That person who got hit by a car hit by that Tesla could have been killed. And then everybody gets upset with the driver of the car. We've seen this. I don't know how many times we've seen this same exact story. And do you know how 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 much carnage could be prevented if the police just I want to make sure that I frame this appropriately. 
if the police just did their jobs. But it's not the cops because the cops know that the judges or the district attorney, I should say, won't press any charges against these people if they arrest them for clogging up the streets or vandalizing this car. Yet the the driver of the car will no doubt be arrested and charged with, you know, assault or whatever it might be because they were simply trying to get away. And so here we are yet again talking about a horrifying incident, a horrifying moment where a car is uh, a driver is trying to get away. And all of this could have been avoided if we just had these district attorneys who allowed the police to do their jobs and then the DAs would charge the appropriate uh, charges for these criminals in the middle of the street. I mean, it's so obvious what is going on in America. It is so obvious. And I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I was actually speaking with somebody over the weekend about this. You know, in the previous segment, I was talking about um, Los Angeles and how there's like a thousand thousand plus protesters in Los Angeles who are you know protesting against Israel. We have what's going on in uh, on college campuses all across the country where you have these uh, students who are anti-Israel, pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine. And it's going to get a lot worse as the violence in the Gaza Strip continues to get worse, as the violence continues to grow, as Israel looks to root out Hamas. And I, I can't help but begin to feel despondent over where America is today on this Monday, October 16th, where you have thousands of people taking to the streets and protesting the country that just saw their people massacred where thousands of people are taking to the streets and praising and defending the country that mutilated babies, that killed innocent people, that dragged innocent people out of their homes and shot them at point-blank range. And there is a significant number of people in this country, particularly on college campuses, who believes that that is an appropriate way to behave. And so I don't know about you folks, but I have felt such a flurry of emotions over the past couple of days, in the past week, where I have gone from Anger to sadness to disbelief over not only what happened in Israel, but what's happening here with so many, especially younger people who are standing by what happened in Israel, who think that that was okay, 
to kill all of those innocent people, to kidnap all of those innocent people. And we can sit here and debate thousands of years of history. But you know what my take is? First of all, Israel has been on this same piece of land for thousands of years. So to sit here and say, oh, Israel is on stolen land is nothing but a bunch of BS. The other thing about this is, and my listeners in Nashville know that I've spoken about this many times, the uh, the nation of Israel has negotiated in good faith to try and come up with a solution to this problem. And they have agreed to terms on various ideas. And Israel have said, Israel has said, you know what? We'll lose land, but we'll agree to this because we want peace in the Middle East. Only to be rebuffed time and time again. And you cannot negotiate with nations or people that believe that you have no right to exist. And so I feel despondent. That That's like my latest... That's my latest emotion. Again, I've gone from from disbelief to anger to hatred, and, and now I'm at despondent because there's so many people that are siding with the terrorists in this country. It is stunning. And so then it just makes me think what the future of this country holds because of what is going on on our college campuses with all of these various protests. In support of Palestine, in support of Hamas. I mean, it is absolutely insane when you think about what's going on. This was at the University of Madison, Wisconsin. Now, if you're not understanding what they're saying, Basically, they're saying, glory to the murderers. Glory to the murderers! Glory to the murderers! Do you know what you say when we say, we will liberate the land! There you go. We will liberate the land by any means necessary. We will liberate the land! By any means necessary! We will liberate the land by any means necessary, including apparently mutilating babies and killing innocent people. And so to me, again, debating the thousands of years of history is all fine, well, and good. But what happened a week ago, this was a nation against nation. This was a terrorist organization killing innocent people. And and there's a difference. There's Hamas fighting against the Israeli military, you know, in effect, state against state, or there's what happened last weekend, which is terrorist organizations killing innocent people. And there's a big difference between those two. There's a big difference between a a legit war and a terrorist attack, and and that is obvious. There's a woman named Cassie Dillon who was uh, covering another such protest at the University of Massachusetts, 
and she was covering it, and she was followed. She's a reporter for Fox News Digital. She was actually followed into the parking lot by some of these students. Not have my number. Okay. This is a so public how campus. Can contact you for my, how can I contact you for, um, for legal reasons? They're, they're asking for her phone number so that they could contact her for legal reasons. There's like this one reporter and there's a plethora of these protesters slash students who are intimidating and seemingly threatening this journalist. There's no legal reasons to do it. I gave you my name. You can go look at me on well, my I website. Your name. What's your name? I give it to your phone over there. Let's see it again. My name is Cassie Dillon. Cassie Sorry. Dillon? Cassie Dillon. Okay. You can look me up. You can okay. contact me that way. I'll I'm have my journal. lawyers contact you that way. All right. Okay. See you later. Have a terrible night. Have a terrible night. This has the parting shot uh, from the um, from these protesters. Have a terrible night. And And by the way, all Cassie was doing was covering the protest at UMass. And, you know, one of the things that I would say is, okay, so, you know, the the pro-Palestinian protesters, I mean, you're out there protesting. And part of a protest, I would assume, is trying to spread awareness of your position. And so Cassie is like, "Um, yeah, I'm not going to give you my phone number. Apparently, guys were actually asking what her ethnicity was as well. She says, as I was leaving, two guys kept asking me my ethnicity. She tweeted on Thursday, when I got into my car, I was approached by this group of protesters demanding to know my address and phone number. And it's going to get worse. It is going to get a lot worse because as Israel prepares to go in and they're preparing to go in right now, as Israel prepares to go in. There's going to be a lot of innocent people that are killed. Because Hamas won't allow them to leave. And so now some people are actually calling for investigations into whether or not our taxpayer dollars are going to fund these groups and fund these organizations on these college campuses that is spreading this kind of anti-Semitic hate and indoctrinating these young adults. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls, 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, appreciate you uh, listening. Some polling out there just uh, very quickly. Ahead of Israel's expected ground invasion of Gaza, most respondents, according to a CNN poll, said the Israeli government's military response to the Hamas attacks is fully justified at 50 percent or at least partially justified with 20 percent. One of the things that's interesting as you look at these numbers is the younger generation does seem to be more inclined to feel some sympathy for the Palestinians. Details straight ahead.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.